So there's a thing as that's very, very important to the Ranger community, right? And that is the Ranger Creed. Still got that? It's been a while since I've said it, but uh, yeah, I think I do, man. It's one of those things that you just never forget it. I've probably recited it thousands of times, honestly, from the first. Yeah. So let's hear it. All right. Let's see. All right. I got to stare at something. So let's Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not looking at you, dude. All right. Fair enough. You. Ready? Recognizing that I volunteered as a ranger, fully knowing the hazards of my chosen profession. I will always endeavor to uphold the prestige, honor, and high spree of the Corps of my Ranger Regiment. Acknowledging the fact that a Ranger is a more elite soldier and arrives at the cutting edge of battle by land, sea, or air. I accept the fact that as a Ranger, my country expects me to move further, faster, and fight harder than any other soldier. Never shall I fail my comrades. I'll always keep myself mentally alert, physically strong, and morally straight. And I will shoulder more than my share of the task, whatever it may be, 100% and then some. Gallantly will I show the world that I am a specially selected and well-trained soldier. My courtesy to superior officers, Nina's address, and care of equipment shall set the example for others to follow. Energetically will I meet the enemies in my country. I shall defeat them on the field of battle, for I am better trained and will fight with all my might. Surrender is not a ranger word. I would never leave a fallen comrade to fall into the hands of the enemy, and there are no circumstances will I ever embarrass my country. Readily will I display the intestinal fortitude required to fight on to the Ranger objective and complete the mission, though I be the lone survivor. Rangers lead the way. Reasons, the reason why that we're here. Check, check, check. Wait, is this thing on? Javi. What's up, dude? I'm glad you're here, man. Yeah. I'm glad Thanks you're Thanks for here. the invite, man. Word. Thank you. Yeah. We've been trying, what, about a month now to get you on. Last time we had to cancel, but um, glad you're here, dude. So, to start this thing off, we got to talk about basically from when you were born all the way through high school. You've done a lot of things. You're cop, family man. I would even consider you a businessman. Heck yeah, dude. You rent that slide thing out. <laughs> you got that thing going, dude, man. Dude, it's it's a yeah, it's tough, but I'll I'll consider myself that businessman. I got my money back. That's right. That's uh, right. This summertime. So. See, so yeah, but let, let's start from the beginning before we get too carried away. So you're you were born. What your family was like, and your kind of brief synopsis of all the way through high school. Yeah, growing up, I don't think you really consider it much ex an exciting childhood, honestly. Um, so I was born in 1981. I 41 now. Um, some days I feel it, some days I don't. So it all depends. Um, Look for it. However, I feel like it's still hanging, hanging, hang with a younger crowd sometimes. But at the police department, I do feel like I'm definitely one of the senior guys now. So, uh, so I was born in Arcadia, down on the west side of the 57, and I grew up in Almani. So my parents, I'm first generation uh, Mexican American here. My parents came probably like in the 60s my dad just just like any hispanic guy came from mexico came with my mom for a better life and they rocked it honestly man they they my dad's uh a, a workhorse 
think that's kind of where I take that that mentality from. He's always on me like, dude, work, 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 provide. So um, my dad's now 85 and my mom's 80. So they had me, I was the mistake, the oops, the, I can't believe we're having another child and we're in our forties. So, but they made it work. I'm in my forties and there's no way I can probably picture myself just starting over. Um, so my mom didn't really work very much. Uh, my dad worked like for an airplane company, kind of built like for Boeing, like parts and stuff like that. But he made it work. He didn't speak English and he only got to like a supervisor's role. But um, honestly, uh, I was, I guess if you were to ask my wife, I was a pretty spoiled kid. Uh, <laughs> I got everything I wanted. You're um, the baby, dude. I was a baby. Yeah. I have two older sisters, but I was a good kid. I, I really didn't do wrong. Um, I got good grades. I was, I played sports since I was a kid. Um, uh, back in the days, um, it wasn't like where you focused on one sports. Like I played baseball, football, and soccer all year round. That's kind of the mentality how it was back in the days. And now it's just kind of like drifted away from that. I feel so, um, got good grades. I was a police explorer. If you didn't know that, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Didn't know that. Uh, for Almani. Okay. So my world kind of all revolved around Almani. I, I thought that's it, dude. I'm going to live, grow here, build a family here, work for Almani PD. And that's it, man. It's kind of all I knew. I didn't know life past East of the 57. <laughs> yeah. It's just, nobody really explained that to me. So I was a police explorer and I've always wanted to be a cop ever since I was a kid. Honestly, it was kind of a dream of mine to be a police officer. No family history at all. Um, nobody in my family. And so my sisters were police explorers. So I think that's kind of where I got my little motivation. So I did that. And then it was more along the lines. Again, I, I was a good kid. Was involved in high schools, ASB president, Damn. all that fun, cool stuff that you get to do in high school. All the uh, the dances and all that stuff, homecoming king, and it was it was it was fun. Whoa, um, yeah, I ain't having any. You better that watch shit. out, I know, man. Yeah. You declared, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so then it was more okay. Okay, I I know I want to be a cop. How am I going to get there? And I'm all about setting goals in life. So it was, there was different routes I was going to take. It was either do the police explorer, police cadet, police officer for Almani, or I was going to take the military route. That's kind of where I kind of joined in junior high. You can, I mean, in junior high, as I was a junior, I'm sorry, I was a junior. So if you guys aren't familiar with the delayed entry program, that's kind of where I signed up, man. I was a junior in high school, 11th grade, walked into the recruiter. I said, I want in. So I signed up. So, uh, okay. How did mom and dad feel about that? And your sisters? Uh, they didn't care for it much because their whole goal for me was college. They wanted me to do something better. And I don't know if you're familiar with the Hispanic community. Uh, a soldier in Mexico isn't really a popular thing. It's kind of like, uh, you didn't make it in life and you <laughs> go be backup. a soldier. It's your backup yeah. plan. So they, they weren't too happy. My dad was just like, do you do you, boo? You know, like, this is what you're going to do, man. That's cool. I'm with you, man. Be a man. And my mom, so when you sign up, when you join at 17, your mom and dad have to sign for you. Mm -hmm. So I remember the crew telling me that. I go, dude, go for it, man. Come to, come to my house. So my mom did not want to sign. Um, but my dad kind of pulled her aside and says, hey, like, he's going to go with or without your blessing. 
So how about we bless them and we give them this opportunity? So she sighed and regret, I mean, not wanting to, but you did it. So did that. Nobody knew I joined the military, honestly. I kept that on the DL, um, even from my girlfriend at the time, which was my wife. Really? Yeah. Why, why not uh, share that? You just like, eh. Uh, I don't know. It just never really came out. It was. It wasn't like I was like, "Hey, I'm going to the military, guys." It just, yeah, yeah. It just wasn't a thing. It wasn't until like I think March, April, when everybody started kind of knowing what they were going to go as a senior. Like, "Hey, what school are you going to go to?" Yeah. Like, "Oh, I'm going to Cal Poly Fullerton." You know, I'm going up to you know Stanford. And what about you, Javi? Honestly, people expected me to go to the top school, um, and I was like, "Dude, I'm going to the army, man!" And everybody was just shocked. And even my girlfriend at the time was like. What? Wait a minute. We've been together for six months and this is how I hear about it. <laughs> so, she, Love you, babe. Hey, she didn't know. What? Yeah. Hey, what she, school are you going to? <laughs> oh, Fort Bragg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she wasn't too happy about it. But by then, we were just, uh, I guess, in love and didn't know any better. And it was more so, are you going to wait for me? And we did, you know, oh, and that's a whole different story. We can ask, uh, go into Dude, that as you well. You know, I'm glad that worked out for you because you, you're married to her now. So that's, and that worked out for you. Yeah, definitely. Work, How many years? Out for me. Uh, we've been together since 98, like towards the end, tail end of 98. So what year did you graduate high school? 99. 20, 20 plus years? 99. 99. Cool. Well, I was in kindergarten, yeah. How old are you, Steve, in 99? I'm going I'm to be, well, 99, I was five or six, depending on what. End of 99, I was five, five or six years old. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Dude, I'm going to be, I'm going to be turning uh, 29 here uh, next, <laughs> oh, next week, dude. Diaper again. change. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey. Oh my God. You talking about diapers with me? <laughs> I'm not wearing you. mine today yet. Still early. I wear them at night when I go to bed. <laughs> That's cool, man. So this is pre 9-11. Yes. And you had made the decision already that you were going to join the military. And you were you were set on the army, or were you exploring other or did like how did that happen? Uh, you know, just like any kid, man, I, I I didn't know anything about the military. I just knew I wanted to serve. It was part of the pipeline of me being a cop, and it was also part of I don't know. People may take this the wrong way. I feel every man should serve their country. I, I feel it's just uh, I bleed red, white, and blue as a kid. I have a tattoo if people haven't seen it of american flag and i kind of like uh, as if you somebody clawed me and it's uh it's like red white and blue inside <laughs> oh that's kind of my saying everybody knows i bleed red white and blue as outside you can see uh me i'm as hispanic and but inside i'm as you know i'm american man yep. i'm american so um so that was kind of my thing was i felt everybody should serve and it worked perfect because it's going to be my pipeline to go into the be a cop so I remember going in the Marine Corps, went in there. Uh, honestly, it was probably in between the Marine Corps and the Army. And the Army, the way they sold it to me was just better. It was more of a secure um, job, secure pipeline to what I wanted to do. And they sold me, honestly. My recruiter, um, I don't think he was in the 75th, but he was Ranger qualified. So he went to the school. So that kind of sold me and just... I didn't know anything about it pre 9-11. You really don't hear about those guys. So showed me a video, put that VHS in there. Mm. And um, and I was sold, man. At the end of the day, I was like, I want to do that shit, whatever they're doing, man. I figured I could I could apply that kind of job skill to being a cop. And I'm in. So then it was easy still for me. That's crazy <laughs> because, like you said, back then, that wasn't 
well-known. There was no pre-get-yourself-ready pipeline to yep. do this. The and information this is what it wasn't takes out there. to make it. So, you know, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it. But day one, this is like, all right, what is this all about? That's crazy. That's cool, man. That's cool. So now we're going to kind of talk specifics. But so when you enlisted, did you go with, was the option contract, the option 40 or whatever? The range, did, Were you guaranteed a ranger spot when you enlisted? Yeah. So I did get option 40 contract. Okay. Uh, but honestly, at that point, it was. I remember my recruiter's like, oh, this is the only way to go. And there's only a few selected and you're special. I'm like, dude, you're full of shit. Just, you know, they, dude, I, I know. This. Like, whatever, dude. It made me feel special at the time. But now, yeah. now knowing that I know, I'm like, he was full of shit. He just wanted just, I'm another number. Yep. So, um, but yeah, so 40, option 40 contract, if you guys don't know, all it is, it entails, um, it's, it guarantees you the pipeline as far as once you get done with basic, um, at that point, the way the regiment was, or the, um, was a lot of, pretty much everybody was 11 Bravos, which was just your basic infantrymen. You have your mortars, which is 11 Charlie. You have a couple other special assignments, but anyways, I was like, dude, I just want to break down doors, man. Do some cool shit, get in and get out. That was kind of my mentality. So, um, I was 11 bang, bang. So you actually start in as 11 x-ray and the army kind of, as you get in there, it gives you 11 bang, are you a Bravo or you're a Charlie? A Mortarman, or am I going to be Lemon Bravo? So, um, and that I don't know when they gave it to me. I want to say maybe in, somewhere along the lines they um, they get told me I'm Eleven Bravo. I'm like, cool, whatever. Um, but yeah, and you went to basic in Fort Bragg, Fort Benning, Fort Benning. That's right. That's the home. Of the so everybody, that's yeah, right. it's the home of the infantry. Yeah, so right. everybody goes there. So that's, that's kind right. of so. So the pipeline. I'm sorry, option forty. You go to basic. You go to airborne. And then you go to selection process after that to the regiment. So at that before it's rip, now it's rasp. But they give you that pipeline. It's up to you if honestly if you make it. And honestly, out of I don't know, not everybody makes yeah. it. Everybody quits whether in basic, airborne, or rip. Um, some of the longs you're going to lose dudes. So. so how was basic? I mean, this is new, right? Is it something different, or was it a breed? Like when my brother joined the army, he loved basic. It was right where he needed super discipline. He was already disciplined growing up. Um, it was it was a cakewalk for him. How was it for you? Uh, it wasn't bad, honestly. It wasn't bad, probably because I had that explorer experience, mm, and you already had a yeah, military. Okay. Yeah, I already. I was like a sergeant or whatever you want to call it <laughs> in the explorer program, whatever. So I already had that yelling at you, the yeah. stress, the PT part of it. So I. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, a lot of times it was tough, but for the most part, I think, uh, yeah, it wasn't cool. Wasn't that? It wasn't that difficult. I, had, I went with a couple of good dudes. How is? Do you still have contact with your military buddies? Not as good as I should, mm-hmm. or as I would want to. I think initially you do. Um, social media, dude. I'm friends with a bunch of them, but as far as getting together, yeah, yeah. drinking a beer, now nah, that doesn't happen anymore, and probably because. I work so damn much. I have four kids, married, and yeah, just trying to life. make it train life, honestly. And yep. none of those guys oh, are yeah. really around here. Um, so it's just, you just kind of break up, man. Every now and then you'll just say what's up on, on social media. But other than that, not nothing like we yeah. used to at all. It's just. Okay. So, dude, so we have a segment called Snapped Off Chronicles. Oh, yeah. I was really excited to ask you about this one. So going through, what was it called then? Uh, Rip, right? It was Rip yeah. then? Rip, yeah. 
It stood for Ranger Indoctrination Program. And that was basically just a break-off fest. Like, that was, like, just to see who would quit. Yeah, pretty much. It was fucking three weeks of fucking hell. Was there ever a time you thought, like, in that three weeks, you're like, I can't, I can't go any longer? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Almost every day. <laughs> Dude, So, uh, what, what kept was, you uh, going? Like, what, what was it? Uh, just a mentality. Just, uh, I don't know if you cuss here but Fuck all yeah, day cuss, <laughs> gosh darn it <laughs> it was just don't be a bitch man it was like you know just fucking drive on honestly and uh you know you saw the people you saw the people that did quit and you just compared yourself to them and you're yeah. like mm-hmm. i'm fucking better than you and you know and you kind of gauge it off okay those guys are gonna quit and you're right within a week or two or even before honestly before we even got to rip and there was like a little delayed entry before we actually made it to his rip started. It was like an extra week. So we got an extra week and a half of smoke being fucking smoked all the time. <laughs> um, guys were just quitting because it was just like, this yeah. is how it's life's going to be for the next three weeks. And yeah, that's how it's going to be. So um, at the end, honestly, it was my goal. It was, I wanted to be a cop and I felt that if I didn't make this, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So. What for snapped off? What do you remember specifically? Like to this day, that was rough. I, it sucked. I hated it. I wanted to quit, but I pushed through. In, in, in military in, career in, wise, in the military career yeah. wise, yeah. You know, honestly, when when you first get to battalion and you think you make it to rip, you didn't. You know, in rip, like in okay, so you got a basic. You probably have a hundred plus dudes. 150 dudes going to basic then you go to airborne school and then you probably a little smaller than that but you blend in you know so you're not really getting picked on um like everybody or you know certain people will getting picked on but if you're an average dude above average like you just blend in in rip same thing i want to say we had like 90 dudes and probably about 40 maybe graduated um and then we just got sent off to different battalions but when you get to your battalion your company your platoon it's just you and one other dude, if that. So it's talk about just getting the fucking getting in the getting into a room and getting smoked uh, all day, all fucking night. And for those of you guys who don't know what smoke means, it's literally calisthenics in a room till you die. And, <laughs> and so I think that I think the mentality of them wanting you them wanting you to quit during rip it, it continued it continued on when you got to battalion because it was like. You think you made it? You did it. You, you know, you still got to prove yourself. So, but I wasn't able to hide. I wasn't able to, <laughs> you know, just be an average dude or, you know, or above average and, uh, and go through where there you were just singled out. But, uh, so I clearly remember the times just being smoked. Like, oh my gosh, I thought I made it. I'm wearing the, you know, the black beret because at the time it was the black beret. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. If, if you guys don't, I mean, I remember mind, when they I was, changed it. Yeah, I was in the army during that whole transition of the black beret to tan beret, and we can go a whole different conversation on that on everybody's mentality in the regiment when that happened. Um, General Shinteki, fuck that guy, but he's the one who uh, who actually decided, hey, we want to make everybody feel special. Let's give them the black beret, and we were just pissed at that. Um, but anyways, yeah, I think that's kind of a good example. That makes yeah. sense. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So this is all pre GWAT. So GWAT is global war on terrorism. So when you got to the regiment, first off, which which battalion were you in? So I got assigned to second battalion. Second so battalion. Where was Fort that? Fort Lewis. Fort Lewis. Washington, Washington State. Washington. Yeah. Okay. 
and you got a you got a wish list. So I think uh, again, I was with my girl at the time. She was gonna wait for me, and I figured, how can we make this work? Mm-hmm. West Coast, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I go to the West Coast. Go keep because there are two battalions in the East Coast. So if you don't know, one's in Fort Benning, the other one's Hunter Army Airfield, which is like Savannah, Georgia area. Uh, that's uh, First Ranger Battalion, and then um, you got Second Bat, which is in Fort Lewis, the West Coast. So two in the East, one in the West. Okay, so. Pre-GWAT, what was the mission of the Ranger Battalions? So the way it was always, uh, it's always been airfield seizures, honestly. That was kind of the goal. That was, you know, that's what we did. You know, if you were in battalion or uh, you jump from airplanes and we jumped at least one, maybe twice a month. And that was kind of just for training and to get your... um, get paid <laughs> if you didn't know <laughs> the jump we, pay, right? yeah jump pay so yeah. jump pay was i want to say 150 a month and you're thinking 150 but big ball 99 yeah. Dollars, yeah. Dollars. yeah 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 <laughs> fucking yeah dude well, Our, 150 went a long ways man yeah. it was <laughs> so that was definitely uh an incentive looking back at it i'm like how many jumps i you know hurt myself or like just look you know it's whatever. hard on your body like, it is hard on your body but, it's um, not a soft landing. Like you're not. It's not like what people think of like skydiving parachutes, right? It's it was a typical standard canopy, and you're supposed to hit the ground a certain certain way, right? You're supposed to kind of yeah. absorb it and fall over, and yeah, it's a static line jump. So again, I'm not opening my own parachute. I'm connected literally to static line. My, you know, I'm holding on to my ripcord, and uh, and you just uh, you hand it off and then to the jump master, and then from there you just, you get you jump, and yeah, the parachute does open within probably like three seconds of you jumping. But yeah, um, what was it? Uh, PLF? Parachute landing fall? Yeah, so it, you, you had to fall particularly and because you're landing with all your gear. And you always land, you, you let your gear off before you actually hit the ground because you don't get hurt. So whether your rucksack, 60 pounds, 60 to 80 pounds, plus your weapons, you're letting that out before. Um, but yeah, anyways. So yeah, at the end of the day, your question of being, it was an airfield seizures. That's what kind of Rangers were known for. Global war on and some type of war was going on. You need an airfield to be seized in order for all the logistics to get in there. You send the regiment and you go in there and they secure it. And then after that, the conventional army would come in and do their thing. So, and you were you were still in Ranger Battalion when nine eleven happened, right? I was in Germany. Yeah. So you guys were you were in? Was it a training thing or was it a, a deployment? So pre GWAD. I, you know, again, I, I'm pre-Iraq, you know, during, F, you know, pre-GWAT war. So we called Germany a deployment, yeah. which in reality, looking back, it really wasn't because it's not really you guy. So it was just more of a training deployment, I guess you can call it. So, yeah. So we went to Germany for a training cycle. Um, there was the whole second battalion took off. Two companies went to Germany and I think one went to like Jordan to go train and yeah, and that's kind of when 9-11 happened. I want to say we jumped into Germany about September 2nd, 2001. So you guys were over in Europe. Arguably, you were pretty. You're one of the closest American units to Afghanistan, Iraq, all the Middle East, basically. What was that feeling like when 9-11 happened and you were sitting there? Were you guys waiting for like orders? You're like, this is it. Like We're going to go to war, and we're the closest to it. So it's any minute now they're going to send us off. And that was our idea. That was the idea. Fuck yeah, we were, I mean, you trained for war and, and that's what we all thought. Little did we know, though, that we weren't even on the list. Um, <laughs> what are you on the radar, huh? Yeah, we weren't even on the radar. All of us, 
Yeah, honestly, we were in Germany. We were I didn't I probably didn't see any pictures of 9/11 or of the attack for like 5 days after. Oh, wow. oh really? Yeah. So, wow. when we were we were actually at a mount site. A mount site's kind of like a city site uh that's used by military personnel in order to train, you know, close quarter combat. So like stuff. urban stuff. Yeah, urban urban, urban warfare. So, when we jumped in, we jumped in, we hiked like 50 miles and at pre GWAD, the army was just like, "How big of a dick? Uh, how big of a dick can you or do you have?" Because we would just hike with 60, 70 pound rounds. I mean, pounds of uh, in our rucksack, and just can you make it? So guys would get hurt. We finally made it. Executed our our um, our attack with like a couple other special forces, especially you know. And anyways, but at the time that was like the initial one. And then when we so we were at a mound site. And probably they all rounded us all together. Keep in mind, I was probably like 20 years old, 19 at the time. And that's when they told us, hey, by the way, uh, Twin Towers are no longer. We were under attack and we're going to fucking war. So I remember the current company commander at the time just gave us a, a speech kind of like, this is, what, you know, this is what we're doing, man. We're training for war and you never know when we're going to get the call. So be fucking ready. Um, but that call never came. And keep in <laughs> mind, we had guys in Jordan, guys in germany but the way the regiment works is uh we weren't the ones on call at that point they there's different company or different uh battalions and that but we weren't the battalion on duty so even though we were in theater technically what you call it third bat win mm. that's a whole different okay. conversation so third bat 375 and honestly they get they're the ones who went into somalia um they're the ones who jumped into afghanistan gosh what october 19th 01 we watched it happen, but they were the ones, and they were right next to uh, headquarters, so they kind of get all the that. That's the whole right. reason he's yeah, next right. to Big Brother, yeah. um, and they're the ones located in Fort Benning. So that's right. Okay, so that that must have been pretty frustrating. Yeah, it was right? from that point. Yeah, for Especially sure. Especially when you're young, your testosterone yeah. filled. You're like, dude, I want to go to fucking war. Let's fucking <laughs> do this shit. Yeah, for sure. Dang, dude. Okay, so that was 2001. So how long after 9/11 were you in? Um, I active got duty. out active duty, active duty. I got out. You always remember your ETS date, November 23rd, <laughs> 2002. So that was the day I was, but I had some, uh, terminal leave. So I probably got out gotcha. two months before terminal leave is kind of like what we call vacation. Okay. So, uh, I had some vacation plan or vacation already saved up and then, yeah. So probably like two months before I got out and I don't know. I mean, I guess it all depends what kind of day you ask me. Some days I, I regret it. Some days I don't, you know, um, again, I was in love. I wanted, I wanted to be a cop, but then again, you got your brothers ready, ready to go, ready to go to war. I don't think we knew that this was, the war was going to be this intense. Mm -hmm. This long. Yeah. yeah, I think everybody thought it was just going to be in and out. Right. They attacked us. Let's go fucking kill them. And, uh, let's go back. I mean, that's kind of what our mentality was, but little did we know that whatever, Many yeah. years later, this was going to be. So I just figured, oh, I'm just going to miss one fight. You know, I, I missed, I missed it all. So, uh, so yeah. okay, so you didn't get any combat deployments no. in that time frame because you guys weren't on the rotation for that. So because you were already in, or you were only in from 2001. You got out next year, 2002. Yeah. Dang. Okay. So you just missed it. Yeah. They were, uh, yeah. I it just was a four year, so. four year contract. No, so the way it worked out with us, it was, uh, it was. I did three years, and seventeen right. weeks. Okay, that's right. Yeah. So the seventeen weeks was your pipeline. Um, 
nowadays they don't do it like that. They just, uh, they'll do, but back in the days it was either three years. So my recruiter was like, three, you want three years, 17 weeks or four years and 17 weeks. And I'm like, Dick, I want you to be a cop. I'll just do <laughs> fucking three years and fucking my time out, yeah. man. He's like, I'm like, you have three years. I don't want to do the 17 weeks bullshit. He's yeah. like, sorry, man, this is part of the pipeline. I'm like, all right, whatever. So then that's kind of what I did. So did you, did you spend time in the reserves? So not active. So if you guys don't know, you oh, kinda, you, IR, you're doing, yeah, you're doing okay. inactive, inactive reserve. reserves. So luckily I started when I was 17. So actually that year actually counts. Oh, because so, depth. That's right. Yeah. Depth that's actually right. starts committed yeah. towards your eight year commitment. So I forgot uh, about that. Yeah. I did that. So whatever, what, four, really? four more yeah. years oh. after. It's kind of stupid, honestly. It, I don't yeah. know why they do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, it's because you're not even doing anything, not, but, <laughs> but it does, they take you tack that on to the eight years. So, uh, so no, no, no active reserve. I, I didn't you know. And I just, I didn't want anything to interrupt the goals I had because yeah. keep in mind, I'm goal oriented. So it was just like, that was a check and moving on to the next. So you knew your plan and it was plotted out perfectly how you wanted to execute it, right? You know, thank God everything's gone to the T, man. Now, well, my law enforcement career has kind of tossed a turn, but that's, we can talk about that later. <laughs> but yes getting okay. there getting there everything went perfect well like because you're so young right young people listening to this it's you got to have a plan and you got to stick you got to be disciplined to stick to it to reach Man, that goal that's only what i didn't have a plan like <laughs> no absolutely i, I yeah. talked to kids and you're right i as a kid i had a plan to marrying this girl to having kids to you know getting my degrees everything was lined up and I just went out, as my years gone by, I just checked the box, man. Sick. So when I hear kids and I talk to kids, and I love interacting with, uh, like I'm, I do the police explorer stuff because I just, every now and then I'll do high school overtime. But I love asking kids like, what's your plan? Yeah. I don't got any. Let's sit down, dude. Now, how, how do you know, what do you mean? Like, has your mom and dad, like, does your mom and your dad ask you? No, I'm like, I don't know. It's just. I feel you, man. I feel, you know, you, funny enough, you mentioned this, right? So my plan my initial plan from I think I was maybe eighth grade and this is well after this was 2008 and my plan was I wanted to go ranger dude that was it nice that's dude. all I fucking wanted yeah uh all through high school all that stuff and then fortunately unfortunately whichever way you look at it my uncle who was uh security forces in the air force at that time he started out as a TACP, a JTAC. Okay. A joint terminal attack controller basically assigned to a army line unit, infantry unit, does all the air support, all that stuff. And he told me, he's like, dude, you, you do not. And this is the height of the war, right? This is 2009, 2010. Okay. He said, dude, you do not want to join the army and have any association with the Love and Bravo job code <laughs> or MOS. Love and bang, bang, yeah. He's like, you do not want to do that. Because he he had, he uh, took a couple deployments. He uh, was attached to the first ODA team that retook Kabul. Oh, and wow. after all that stuff, like <clears throat> he was, he's like, dude, you, you don't want any part of that. Go this route. Do this, 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 and this. And I listened to him, and it ended up working out for me. But dude, that was it. That's what I fucking wanted. I wanted a Ranger. I was watching all the fucking movies, Block Hawk Down. <laughs> dude, I was getting off on that shit. Like that was that was what I wanted. Yeah. And then I got talked out of it and it ended up working out fine for me, but that was my initial plan. You know, if you were to ask me, if you let my kid do that, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I'd say yes. 
I'd probably be like, do something, I don't know, join the Air Force. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah you, you know, you have a nicer life, man. Because don't get me wrong, it's, and I guess it all depends on your kid itself. Like, yeah, yeah. you look at him, you're like, are you able to make a kid, you know? And I know my kid, don't get me wrong, he's, you know, cut out for that, but I don't know. And it's an interesting mindset, right? Because it's like, and I know Neil and I talk about this, it's like you want your kids to struggle, right? You can't take away every single struggle from right. them because, they're not going to grow from that. Right. But when it comes to like military stuff, like, ah, oh man, I, I tell my kids all the time, like from, from the time they can understand what I'm saying or not understand what I'm saying, I tell them, I'm not paying for your college. You're going to do what I did and you're going to join the military and you're going to get that. You're going to earn that. Or if you want, you're going to pay, pay your own way. Like I can't, I'm not going to be able to afford paying both of you towards through college. But when you're talking about like, oh, do I want my kid to do what you did? Right. The ranger route. Nowadays, the Rangers are like after the the post GWAT Ranger. I mean that that job and that what their duties include now is insane, right? Like because before you said air, airfield seizure, that was the thing. You jump in, you you seize the airfield. Right now they're they're more direct doing action, tr- direct action raids. Yeah. They're they're doing like doing it, like they're fucking in it. Right. And if your kid, your son comes up to you and says, "Hey, I want to be a Ranger." What do you, what do you say? Like, what do you, what do you say to that? At the end of the day, I, you know, what's your ultimate goal? Like, are you, do you want to be a cop? Do you want to do something tactical and all that? Like, what are you going to like? When I tell, like, when I see kids going to the military, I'm like, that's great. Even my buddies, when, when I was in, I was like, so what are you going to do after? Oh, I don't know. What do you mean? You don't fucking know. <laughs> like, seriously, these guys, probably like 90% of them didn't know what they were going to do yeah. after. They just wanted to do some cool shit, which is great. I applaud them, but they got out just like, and just got a regular job. And so I would ask my boy, okay, that's great that you want to do that, but what's your purpose behind it? Is it just go kick ass? That's cool. But has your dad kind of looking out for you? Like, let's do a job that's going to be applied outside yeah. and not waste your, you know, your four years. Out. And sorry if I say that, but yeah, I feel some guys just wasted it. And now they're doing something else and not really applicable. But again, they served the country, did some cool shit. But um, I don't know, I, as my kid, I would have them do something applicable to what he's going to do yeah. for the rest of his life yeah. to prep him. I, I see what you're saying. I wouldn't say waste. I would say not fully optimize what you there could you learn, you know, that's after, yeah, after absolutely. the, the 100%. your time in the military. And that's why I think people, and that's why I think my uncle told me like, Hey, join the air force. Don't fuck around in the army. Not that there's anything wrong with the army, but like the, everyone knows like the, the skills and the education stuff you get in the air force are directly applicable to some, a lot of things in, in the civilian side. And I didn't want to be a cop, right? Like that was not my yeah. my angle. It's not for everybody. It, exactly. It's it's, uh, you know, it's a hard job. And if we'll you ask in, me now, we'll I'd probably that. be a fireman. That's right. <laughs> I mean, hey man, you're at the station now. Like, <laughs> you're already in. You're, you're right. You're right. We'll talk about that. Your interviews next <laughs> week. <laughs> All right. So you get out. When did you get? When did you marry your wife? Like when? When was that? How soon after you got out did you actually marry her? Uh, years later. So oh, years. Okay. Four years later, she dumped me. Like probably six months eight months after i got out oh hell yeah no. i was like are you fucking kidding me like we went through this whole thing <laughs> you know you know how many girls i could have been with man dude, <laughs> dude but oh, I was, uh, i'm loyal like i you know even yeah. to my friends dude and at, to my girlfriend at the time i was like i remember guys i mean i lived in the barracks and if you didn't know the barracks life dude whether if it's the whole story of rangerettes i mean they're there yeah i mean they were there uh whether we're going to uh, Tacoma to go party, 
And don't get me wrong, I I went plenty of times, but plenty of times it was like, hey, I'm just gonna hang out. Yeah. Cause I knew what their goal was and I was like, oh dude, I can't I can't do it. Um so so she dumped me and mainly because of my attitude. Dude, the army just it's it's talk about changing your life and changing your mentality. It did. I was a dick when I got out. Um always wanted to fight everybody. Everybody looked at me, you know, bump people, I'm like, what the fuck that guy looking at me for? And she was, you know, she'd be like, who are you? Keep in mind, I would fly back um, probably weeks just on, she knew a Friday, she knew like a Saturday, Sunday hobby in the military. Mm-hmm. She didn't know me Sunday, Monday or whatever kind of thing, you know, seven days. So when she finally realized how much it changed me and my mentality and lack of, uh, I don't know, um, what would you call it? Patience and empathy towards people. I hated fucking people. When you're in the military, you just fucking hate the public. You just hate civilians. I don't know. I just felt like I, I, it just, it was a different mindset. So anyways, at the end of the day, she dumped me. We were, I thought we were only broken up for like six months, but we were broken up, I guess, for like a year. If you ask her, but then that's kind of when I found the Lord and we kind of started going to church and anyways, we soon got back together and then the rest is history. So we married in 06. When did you become a cop? 06. 06. Yeah. 06. So I tried to become a cop right when I got out because that was my goal. I was like, I hated school. I did not like school. I did well in school, but it wasn't for me. wasn't really a nerd. Um, And I applied to Santa Ana and they told me no because I had too many speeding tickets. So, oh, okay. So I was like, whatever, dude. Like the uh, Santa Ana Police Academy? Okay. Santa Ana PD. Yeah. Oh, PD, okay. Uh, they actually send their guys to Orange County. So they told me no. And I said, okay, well, if Santa Ana told me no, everybody else is not going to want me. Little did I know, though, I probably could have got picked up by anywhere else just at that point. That was their whatever. So I said, all right, well, I'm just going to go to school. And that's when I went to school. So between me getting married, uh, me getting hired at Ontario PD, I went to Cal Poly, or I went to Mount Sac for like a year and a half, did all my GEs. And then after that, I went to um, Cal Poly Pomona, got a bachelor's in political science. Oh, Dang, dude, I didn't shit. know that. What? That it, you, didn't, you, had a, you had a degree in political science? I didn't know that. Yeah, but yeah. And really, the only reason I, again, I don't like school. The only reason I did political science was because it was the easiest topic for me. I love debating. <laughs> I love politics. I love all that shit. And uh, yeah. That's cool. So, I, yeah. but I, I mean, college was a joke, man. I didn't, you know, just a bunch of liberals, honestly, and <laughs> getting out of the military and them having all their little anti-war rallies and metro rallies. I remember going over there with my American flag and saying, you guys should be fucking ashamed of yourselves, the way you guys are reacting. That's a whole different topic, but. Um, that's a, that's a spicy one. But too, it was, uh, yeah, college got me pissed. Dude, <laughs> dude. So. My, so my brother did 20 years in the army and, uh. He tried to go back. <clears throat> he wanted to go back where, but he's like, I hate civilians. I hate civilian life. And it's just, <laughs> I, he loved the military. It was very, it, it was organized. It, you know, he knew what he was doing every day. And just to see liberals, if you will, just, he hated, he, I, I don't know how he is now. Like, obviously he's been out. Shoot. He's about to finish his, uh, he works at the VA at Loma Linda. Okay. So probably his second 20. So double dip on a pension. Nice. So, but uh, <laughs> I hate civilian life. <laughs> People drive me crazy. Well, I think everyone's held to a standard in the military, right? Well, yeah. I mean, depending on who you talk to now, like 
modern military it's different i'm not going to go into that but like you're held to you were held to a standard everyone around you was held to a standard right and you get out and you're like man and there's always like a sense of purpose right there's always there's 100%. always that stuff and then you get out and you're like what the fuck that's because that still bugs me to this day when people walk across the street and they're just on their phone kind of just hell yeah whatever yeah. and you're like you're you're walking across the street with all these cars zooming yep. by like you would think you would pick your head up from your phone and you look around a little bit and yeah and have a little sense of urgency and a purpose of walking across the street so i get it dude i get it um <laughs> But now I'm the civilian now. Yeah. <laughs> now, and then when you're out, out, you're like, oh, fuck. God. Yeah. And I'm the guy. Start, oh, this is kind of nice, yeah. dude. I don't, you're looking around. I'm not being judged right now. That's, that's kind of cool, guard down. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I didn't have to wear a fucking high and tight. Yeah. Pre-GWAD, yep. again, the 75th Rangers, we wore tie and tights. Yep. And I thought that was the coolest fucking haircut around, honestly. <laughs> honestly, I, I fucking love that haircut. And I remember coming home and they're like, what the what's going on with your hair dude and i was like this is the shit what do you mean like, i got so many pictures of that stupid fucking haircut and i'm thinking it was the coolest thing ever dude like all oh, these people are gonna know i'm the fucking military yeah like, yeah for sure man and uh no i remember oh, even just walking God. around with my uh ranger shorts ranger panties and that was that was what we wore and my wife's like go put some shorts on dude and you know, with my jump boots, and it was just, it, yeah, I was like, anyways. Everyone goes through that phase. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not the only one. Dude. Did you Did you have PT belt back then? Yeah, we didn't give a, we didn't care about the fucking. Oh, belt. that was a big thing. That was, like, that was yeah, a big we thing. We didn't care about that. Yeah, PT belts like around the backpacks. Like I, I did that shit. I look back and I'm like, God, why keep in mind, I mean, we I were in that? the army, but we always compared ourselves different from the regular yeah, army. That's true. Yeah. It was we fucking leg hated legs. And uh, well, the, what what are legs for everyone? <laughs> I'm sorry, it's everybody else in the fucking army that wasn't <laughs> airborne or wasn't a ranger. It was just like you know, because I think of that, we had a high standard, and if you didn't meet that, you were a fucking leg. I mean, don't get me wrong, the regular army is full of awesome dudes, but um, they're just some guys who just don't look good in uniform or don't respect what they're, I don't know, meant to do, and it's just uh, brought a bad image to the army. And we just called those, you know, your leg man, your poke. So, um, but yeah. So your transition from active duty into college, we talked about that. So then Santa Ana PD turned you down. Was that the only place you applied to during that time? Or like, where did you I apply did. anywhere else? Uh, everybody was like, just shotgun it. And that's kind of what everybody yeah. does. But I was like, no, I really want to work here, man. You know, it was all about the pay. And uh, so I was like, you know, how can they not fucking hire me, dude? Yeah. But yeah, little okay. did I know my fucking, my speeding record helped me out. So, so then you applied to uh your current agency yeah so after that i went back i'm like now i got a degree bitches like you know, <laughs> and now what now what? Oh, you know and my speaker record's clean right. like, so at that point i started doing research and they were like all right man top three agencies santa Ana, anaheim and ontario and that's why i applied to because i i felt that i was um i was a good candidate i really didn't want to apply anywhere else so i figured they, they cannot deny me so, uh, man, Ontario picked me up first. So here I am. Swoop. 16 years later, man. Swoop. 16 years? Yeah, Dang, 06. Dude. Oh, yeah, 16. So I did the math correctly, huh? So, yeah, 16. Good for you, man. So how have the skills that you learned in, in your time in the military translated to your time in law enforcement? Um, let's see. I love this question because people ask me that shit, too. I'm like, I'm not in law enforcement, first off, but... Well, you're definitely, I feel a little bit more tactically savvy 
Um, and I, I know like when I went into the police academy, I was a leader. Um, and I just was ahead of the game, honestly, because of my experience from the military. And even when I first started, everybody was like, dude, are you lateral? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, no, but I guess looking back, it was a compliment because of yeah. how I carried myself yeah. and uh, how I knew how to operate or do stuff. Yeah. Uh, maybe little skills has a police explorer, like little stuff like, I, oh, I don't want to do that. And, you know, so, but yeah, I just made the transition smooth and easy. I was able to get things quicker. That makes sense. Attention Especially to detail. Especially environment, like in an academy environment, like that paramilitary environment, you probably excelled. Yeah, it it wasn't hard at all. Because what you went through with RIP, with BASIC and all that stuff, and even probably your first few months in uh, Range Battalion, like that probably didn't compare much to Police Academy. It was a cake, dude. Yeah. Guys, don't get me wrong. Smoke fast sucked even in the academy. But But you're used to it. But yeah. All right. This is how it is. Okay. You tell me when to stop. (laughs) And even when I like do stuff like, yeah, like your pain's going to stop. Like it's not going to go on forever. So whether it be 20 minutes, 30 minutes, they're smoking you. There is a, there is there an, is an end, end. Yeah. The only time there's not an end time is when you're a battalion, when you first start off, there's no fucking end time. <laughs> you know, there's like, you get smoked for hours, dude. And you know, okay, recuperate. All right. You know, you know, uh, you just get smoked yeah. until you quit, dude. Which, um, which academy did you go to? San Bernardino County. Okay. That's kind of where they send, they, they, we send everybody there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Which, uh, which academy number were you? Do you remember? 166 never quits. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah you just you just remember the motto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Right on, man. So, uh, sixteen years at Ontario, man. How much? And that's sixteen years in law enforcement. So, from the time you first started in law enforcement to now, how much changes have have happened? Like in the general culture, in your training tactics, and what do they call TTPs? Whatever that is. Like, how much has changed? Um, if anything, really a lot, honestly, looking back, I mean, if you were to ask me the question, would you be a cop again? No. Yeah. I I love the service I provide, honestly. And honestly looking and I'm, I may drift off that question right there. You're fine. Cause I remember, you know, hanging out with you boys all the time and I've really developed a great relationship with you guys. And the, you know, when you guys opened that up and I was like, should I be a fireman? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> should i do it all over again everybody's egging me on it's only a year man i, know, probation. I know but i don't want to call you guys fucking i don't want to call neil sir that's daddy thing, you know? <laughs> he doesn't, that's his daddy. role he doesn't he it's doesn't Steve. it's either sir or daddy <laughs> that's <laughs> or neil, uh, what did you say neil or daddy neil or daddy yeah but um but i you know i kind of some i told my wife that a conversation with my wife i go you know what what attracts me to you guys is the brotherhood you guys have like no other Cops, I wish they had that, and we don't. We never will, sadly, honestly. Yeah. Um, but we don't live with each other 24-7. Yeah. You know, we don't shower together like you guys do, you know? <laughs> only, <laughs> <that's okay. laughs> only on Fridays. Only on Fridays. Yeah. Only on Fridays. The Over station nights, right? <laughs> Dude. Uh, but, you know, we don't eat chow together yeah. three yeah. days a week or what. You know, it's just, it just it, it's different, you know? Um, so, but I admire the brotherhood. But when you look back at the service that I provide, go chasing bad guys. I yeah. fucking love that shape, you know? Um, but so I guess your, 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 what was your question? Your initial question to kind of, so I guess looking back at it, I probably would not be a fireman, but I admire the, 
the other stuff that it comes yeah. with it. Like, I don't think I'd like you guys do what fucking you're every time I call you guys out, it's not for fire, fire, it's to do medical shit, you know? So I don't think that really gives you a, <laughs> that doesn't give me a heart on, you know? Yeah, just fucking, you, just, yeah. you just triggered some dudes. Dude. Like, yeah. You just called us for this bullshit. Yeah. What the fuck is he doing? I, yeah, I just need you guys to check him out. That's it. Dog. You know, he doesn't want to get transported. He just needs to check oh, him out. I fucking dude. love it, dude. Just, oh man. Well, oh, that's for funny. sure. Um, but the original question, like, Oh, how, how has it changed? changed? Yeah. Um, gosh, everything's changed. Honestly, like back in the days, now everybody has to think about liability nowadays. Everybody, you know, I wasn't that liability conscious when I first started to body-worn cameras. Honestly, that changed a lot. And honestly, if you're looking back on it, it's probably changed for the good because it saved more asses than it has hurt people. But I feel Big Brother's watching you. I don't know if you guys, I mean, once you guys, you know, we put we put cameras on, you know, I think just the whole liability thing. I think nowadays you make one move and even if it's the right move, you're going to be in a spot, your family in a spot in the public, public that you may not be want to, your name's going to be out there. And yeah, at the end of the day, it's just, uh, it's tough, you know? Yeah. And it's a public perception type thing yeah. too. Now, don't get me wrong. Like there are instances in, in the history of, you know, law enforcement stuff that, should have happened, right? Right. But now it's like the public perception is kind of like the rule, right? Because everything you you guys do, any type of use of force, anything, any shootings, anything like that, that video is is available for public release. Doesn't always get released, but it's always available to get released, right? Because right. everyone has body worn cameras, everyone has the the dash cams, all that stuff. So now, even if like a, a quick snippet of that, you know, say a a, a ten minute long video. And there's one portion of that where a cop or something says, you know, drops the F-bomb on a, on a suspect that just killed their family or whatever while they're arresting them. That one little snippet gets blasted out to the media. Yeah. That's and that's, that's the public perception. And now that's, that's the ruling on the field is, hey, that, that one cop, man, that these cops at this agency cuss their suspects out or cuss their citizens out. And that's what they did. And we just watched one uh, before he got here. That's a little bit different. But, I mean, this uh, – I'm sure you heard of it. A uh, cop pulled over someone, trooper, state trooper pulled over someone, I guess was he having a bad day, and just lit this guy up, cussed him out, did all the stuff, and it was all caught on his camera, right? his dash cam, and the dude set his cell phone, the suspect or the, the the subject set his cell phone up to record all of it. So now that's getting blasted out. Like, that's that's gone. So there, there's no coming back from that. It's, it's Well, I guess it's really hard to come back from that, so... I guess Don't get me wrong. I think the majority <clears throat> of the public loves us. They all love cops, yeah, but it's yeah. just that small percentage that can really get underneath you. Like I remember, I was working the arena, just traffic overtime the other day, and thousands. There's thousands of cars, but you know, I clearly remember three cars, three different people lowering down the windows and saying "fuck you, cops," "fuck you, Ontario PD," and I'm like, I didn't even do anything to yeah. you. What the? And it's just like, damn, dude, that's kind of sucks, man. He's like, but whatever, it is what it is. People yeah. have. That's People had bad experiences with cops and, and they'll, you know. But that's ignorance at its best because you can't just blanket a whole organization yeah. like that, right? And uh, the public's so hyper vigilant of finding something wrong. Right. That's Let a good me point. find something wrong. Good. There's good and there's bad. There's the media attracts more bad because that's, that's a newsmaker. That's right? what gets the views. Yep. That's what gets the views. Uh, side story. I remember the first time I met you on a call, Javi. I don't know if you remember this, but 
two boyfriend, boyfriend and boyfriend, they got in a fight and they beat the shit out of each other. And we got called out and we were sitting there. I was trying to assess the guy and he starts cussing me out and you're standing right there and you're like, Hey dude, you don't fucking talk to my boys that way. You want your, do you want their help or not? And he said, no, fuck these guys or whatever. He's like, all right, cool. I'm going to fucking let them go then. And I'm going to deal with you. And then you let us go. And I was like, man, I got back in the engine. I was like, who was that? Dude, fucking, he was cool, man. He stood up for us. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen? It, oh, my God. It, I hope everybody else does that shit. Dude, but, uh, I, I mean, it, it, it's it legit. Does, it, uh, it, it does. Where we work, the relationship's legit. Right. Hey, these, these dudes are here to help you. Do you want their fucking help or not? <laughs> That's exactly how he worked. <laughs> and, and it comes down hard and fast. And so uh, the relationship between fire and police where we work at is pretty legit. I, like I don't it. deny I like what it. you say. I probably said it a lot of times. Believe <laughs> me, I will call people out. I mean, again, I'm, I'm been around for a while, dude. So the way I conduct myself, it's like, we're not playing games out here, dude. Yeah. You know, are you going <laughs> to, when they ask for you guys, honestly, because I'm your friends, I know I fuck around all the time, but it's like... <laughs> You're either going to jail or you're going on a fucking gurney. One or the other. They're not coming out here to just check on you. It's not what we do. You know, like mm-hmm. it's business, man, at the end of the day. But sad to say some of my compadres over there don't think like that. But they probably haven't been around as much as I do. Dude, but yeah, I call it like it is, dude. And at the end of the day, we don't like there's some people that give a shit about that. Like, oh dude, these cops are telling these guys that we're just gonna come and check them out. <laughs> like, dude, at the end of the day, I don't we get paid a decent amount of money to you get paid good money for to, what we do. To do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't wrong. give a... F- like, come on. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> so, uh, Plus, it's entertaining, dude. It is. I, I get a little bit it of... Is, I get dude. a little entertainment out of it. Sometimes you have to... Sometimes I may call you out just because you, you, you're going to like it. Dude. You're going to like this one, dude. I'm up. You're up. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to want to see this, guy. Yeah. So, come on over. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. So, uh, let's talk about your progression with Ontario. So... Oh, that's an interesting topic, but yeah. Whatever you want to talk about, dude, whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want to put out there, it's up to you. I don't know. I've never asked you about this. So how has your progression been in Ontario? So you start out as a boot police officer, right? And what, like, what type of assignments, like, what did you do? Like, how did you progress to where you are now? Let's see. So it was a whole different OPD back when I started. Um, You weren't considering a veteran. Till probably about 15 to 20 years on, that's when you were considered OG uh, when I first started. Um, now, you consider guys five years. Oh, you're, you're, you know, you're on patrol and you're a veteran. <laughs> In my eyes, I'm still old school, dude. No fucking way you're a veteran officer. You still don't even know what you're doing, uh-huh. you know? So, um, let's see. So, it was a whole different OPD uh, back in the days. Um, I can't. Uh, it's not news. It's news to you guys. Everybody at OPD knows. I've had... I've got my dick slapped one too many times, probably at OPD. Uh, I'm not going to lie. We have internal affairs. I know you guys don't have that. So again, more as a cop, liability is huge, right? And there, there's internal affairs. For so you guys don't know, there are a couple officers who are assigned on investigating their own. So when we mess up policy violations, the law or whatever. So my career started off good. Probably about three years in, I got in trouble for my first time. A joke. Honestly, everybody knows this. It was a, I'm a big prankster. Um, I'm a big jokester. So I played a joke on somebody. Didn't have, didn't go right. Public's eye got out there. And next thing you know, I, uh, when you go to internal affairs investigation, they actually take your badge and you're going away. Mm-hmm. You don't know. So, um, so they did that. And right away they're like, dude, we're just doing this kind of as a, 
just go with the punch, just go with the flow, man. We kind of have to, it's perception. And then I was like, all right, cool. Well, what's going to happen to me? They're like, oh, you'll come back and give it a couple weeks and then you'll come back. So, yeah. So did that. Um, I was an officer at the time, but it did delay me getting any kind of special assignments to start off because I got my dick slapped and five guys put in and you were cool. Nothing happened. You didn't being squared away, squared away. Oh, how we got a dick slap so we don't pick him. So it got delayed a little bit and then... And then I started climbing. Then I, it was cool. I, I got us. I did uh, our cops unit. I don't know if you guys are familiar with our cops unit. Our community oriented, like problem solving unit. It's called Set Team now. Uh, they changed the name, but I did that. I uh, I did graffiti. So again, I have this thing for just youth and changing kids' lives and just asking them their why, or whatever. So I figured, you know, that kind of they put me in the graffiti. So. I was kind of like, uh, so before that, I really wanted to work gangs. So I pushed hard on gangs. But when I became a part of our cops unit, well, they don't have a gang unit because we have our own separate gang unit. So I, so I, the closest you can get is graffiti, which is, as we all know, that's where they're going to gravitate. That's where they're going to pull from, right? Um, so me and my buddy, Eric Garcia, we were two-man gang uh, graffiti team. And then... Um, I had, I developed a niche for auto theft and I still have that. That's a whole nother story we can get into, but I am huge into auto theft and I've done pretty big, extensive investigations. Like my first one involved 150 cars. Oh shit. Damn. And we took down 50 suspects. Wow. It was like a joint operations and stuff that I kind of had started, teamed up with somebody else. So between that operation that i did that i did that for two years that up op- that sole op- investigation mm-hmm. and my time in cops i got promoted out of that to corporal this was back in 16 2016 i became a corporal that was probably what you were out of high school there steve 2016 ah oh, man <laughs> yeah barely turned 18 <laughs> did you really no no i don't i'm just messing with you <laughs> but um yeah dude so i did that uh Got, you know, I went back to patrol um, and just started training dudes and just started doing that whole corporal thing. And if you guys don't know, a corporal is kind of like the equivalent as an engineer. Mm, so that's okay. kind of like rank structure. Maybe fireman, officer, engineer, mm-hmm. uh, corporal. So um, I, did, I got that. I got that like at eighth year mark, I want to say. Um, and then, yeah, so I don't know if, if I'm going to keep going, man. Because I got my dick slapped again. <laughs> oh, did you, do you want to get into that or do you want to leave that one alone? Uh, we'll just say I got my dick slapped again. And from there, I was a corporal for about three years, man. Oh, yeah, I'm not, it is what it is, dude. It's not, I'm not trying yeah. to hide shit. Uh, it's all like it is, it is, man. You guys want to know my story. Make mistakes, you make mistakes. You know what? That's a bad, that, that is number one. I, you know, I've made mistakes in life and each one I've learned from it. Um, and you just kind of, put it behind you and drive on. And that's what I've done. Our department's very forgiving as far as, hey, you make mistakes, but how are you going to overcome that? How, what's kind of, what's going to be your mentality afterwards? And they're looking at you day in and day out as far as after that. So, and so anyhow, the second one, it was hard to bounce off because they did take my stripes. I did have to go back to the line. That was huge. So... We're seeing all my buddies now that they're detectives mm-hmm. becoming sergeants and those are my peers and that's where I would be if things didn't go as planned. But 
you know what, at the end of the day, God had other plans and I'm still sometimes asked why. Um, but don't get me wrong. You know, when I gave my stripes up, I told them, you can hold on to these fuckers because I'm going to get them back. Yeah. So in my head, I didn't tell the chief that. <laughs> so, I'm back, sure chief. I'm yeah. sure he knew that. I'm sure he knew that. Sorry, chief. But See, and yeah. a, you bring up a good point, like very forgiving. I think uh, in our, especially in our city, I think our organizations are pretty good at determining when someone has some serious malintent in their mistakes or in their, their actions. And I think the reason why we are pretty forgiving is because the 99% of the, the things that happen that were even on both sides of us on the fire and police side yeah. of, in our city, the, there's no malintent, right? Like it's, it's either a genuine mistake, but there's never, there wasn't a like, Hey, I'm doing this out of the, you know, evil of my heart. Right. right. So I think that's, that's a good point bringing up like our city is pretty forgiving with that. Absolutely. So, and our yeah. backgrounds are freaking tight. Yeah. Like they're, our backgrounds are insane. No on one's, sides. no one's perfect. And there's a huge investment in us with the city, right? Yep. So can you overcome your mistake and mistakes or mistake and grow and provide mentorship to others? So I think the city really values the energy and the time and the and the physical responsibility or the treasure that they put into us. So that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, dude, if you never brought that up, I would have never even thought that you were in any kind of trouble or that you yeah, dude. So yeah. <laughs> It is what it is, dude. Yeah. I, uh, like I said, I you've been a cop long enough, dude, and and it just happens, man. To not everybody, don't get me wrong. Some guys don't go no IAs or no, mm. they've never gotten a rat up the whole lives. But my circumstance was just different, and it's yeah. okay. It's it's yeah. fine, and I'm learning and you recovered from the it. growing pains. Don't get me yeah. wrong. There hasn't been many times where I've cried in my life, and I could say that when I teared up a little bit just going home, and it was more. I felt like I left my family down. Yeah, it wasn't even my bros. It was just my family, my wife. Because at the end of the day, my job is to provide and, you know, and I felt that wasn't what I wrote down as far as like, what's yeah. going to happen in my life. That's not how it's supposed to happen, but Hey, we'll fight through this, drive on. And, yeah. and, and like you said, there was no malintent to any of that stuff. And, um, yeah, here I am officer. That's how I felt the first time Ontario told me no, I felt I left my wife down. Yeah, sucks. Bad feeling. You know, it's the worst feeling that uh, I'm gonna piss my pants. I gotta pee. Okay, can you, can you give me a beer? All right, <laughs> I'm good, sir. Thank you. Uh, so you 16 years. So now, dude, I, I gotta I gotta commend you. We're friends on Facebook. You have an Instagram? I think we're friends on Instagram too. Yeah, yeah I got the gram, dude. Yeah, yeah, dude. The amount of stuff that I see you do with your family is absolutely inspiring to me. Thanks, so man. I got to give you, you props there, dude. Thanks, like dude. you work a shitload, but every time you're not working, you're doing something with your family. Isn't that what everybody's doing? I, <laughs> I don't I know. I mean, I, it's hard, a, dude. Like I, I, I joke around like recently, I, I, I joke around and tell people, you know, dude, I got three jobs because my wife's Amazon spending is out of this fucking world. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Babe, I love you. Um, <laughs> But like, like really, like, and I have, I do have three jobs now. Yeah. Uh, but that's you know, it's not here nor there. But, but like, dude, literally, like, I see how much you work. I mean, I see you all over the freaking city wherever I work. And then, but then, every time you're off, you post something like, oh, going on a camping trip this weekend. Oh, taking the boat out on the bay, 
with the kids like you dude you're very family oriented and i fucking dig it so how do you balance that how do you balance the you work a shitload overtime and you still have time to take your kids on camping trips and give them these memories that they're gonna be remembering their entire life how do you balance Um, that yeah that's a tough question man because that i feel is every man's struggle yeah because I do work a lot and that work ethic sometimes is just, I feel too much. I love the money. Don't get me wrong, but I love what I do. Yeah. And some of the times I, I you know, I'll pick up a lot of overtime, but at the same time, that's because I know I'm going to spend the money that I'm getting to go do stuff with my family. And I want to just be there. Honestly, when they, my kids leave, I want to make sure they have, you know, my dad made memories with us and mm-hmm. he may not have been there as much as my mom. I mean, as my wife. But when he was there, he was there. So I really make it an intention to be there. So if you do follow me on, on social media, honestly, I post. It's all about my family, dude. Yeah. Between work, family. I mean, I got no room for anybody else, anything else, man. I mean, I, I fit in softball. So Monday nights, I do play softball. I, I That's my I play softball with my boys up in Rancho. We call ourselves the Jesus guys. <laughs> so I started that. I started that like I've been playing softball my whole life, man. Ever since high after college. I mean, after, yeah. But, um, so Monday nights is my guy time. You'll yeah. say, so if you're yeah. like, man, don't you get have that guy time? Like guys need it, right? We all need guy time, oh, whether yeah. if you're going to ride your bike or do something like you, that is my guy time. So, but no, I, I mean, I'm very intentional about my family, man. And building those memories, we camp. So, uh, we just came back from the Miramar air show. Um, but my kids loved it at the end of the day, dude. Um, and how many kids do you have? I got four. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Four. Dang, dude. Oh, I, my wife did get me a trophy once. I said, weak pull-out game. It's not up there anymore, but <laughs> I only got three now, so you, you got me beat. Yeah. That was a plan to have three, honestly, but obviously God granted us twins at the end. So That's yeah. right. You did yeah, have twins. twins. That's right. Yeah. So, we, uh, you know, we, I hit it hard the last time, dude. Make sure <laughs> hard as paint. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that that's a whole different story too because it took us yeah it took us a while to get pregnant with our our third pregnancy. But um, yeah, so now we're talking about family. How does your wife perceive you as a cop? Like, has she seen Javi the cop, or has she does she know only Javi the dad, Javi the the husband? No, man, she knows both, dude, and. To be honest, it's hard to sometimes turn off the cop mode and turn off the work mode. And, and dude, I, we're laying it all out here, dude. I, there's times where I've gone to therapy, honestly, because, 100%, dude. because being a cop has affected my marriage a lot. Mm-hmm. 100%. And yeah. my attitude, my patience, mm-hmm. yeah, it just, it's not there. And I can't carry that, you know, transition has been tough. So, yeah, so at the end of the day, she's like, you need help, man, because we, you know, this ain't going good. And so, yeah, so it's been tough, man. I'll tell you, I mean, there's been cycles. Like, don't get me wrong. Marriage is like a roller coaster, ups and downs and this and that. But there's been times where I've had to check myself, like, you know what? You're right. Absolutely. I need to leave the cop at, at the job and find a better transition to be home. But yeah, so she knows both. Yeah, she calls me out on it a lot That's when I good. bring cop at home. That's good. She's not, she's not afraid to not yeah. hold anything down because she knows at the end of the day, this is, you, you got to, where's dad at? You know, why aren't you here? Hello? Oh, you're tired? Oh, because you're working a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she'll, yeah. She'll, she'll hold me accountable. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. See, I, it's, dude, it's different because I can't, I can't imagine like having these, because you guys work 13 hour shifts, right? Correct. So 
I can't imagine like doing what like responding to some of the shit that we responded to and then all day all day long all day 13 long hours and yeah. then going home right for 24 hours yeah. you still like for me anyway like they're in that 24 hour period unless there's some major shit going on like i'm not going like back to back to back to shit that's fucked up right that to people that fucking hate my guts to people right. that yeah whatever all all spectrums of people that you're you're coming in contact with every day but then you have to turn that off and there's barely any time to sleep to do whatever and you go home and now hey guess what now i need to be a family man and a husband like how how do you do that how do you make that transition when you don't have that time besides the commute from work to home i've i've had to learn to just pause a lot before i respond to my family sometimes you know whether if i get home and the house is a mess you know and I'm hungry. There's no food. <laughs> so my wife knows like, dude, there's hangry hobby, man. If you when I say something, dude, you got like, you know, 36 minutes to feed me, dude. And if not, like, <laughs> I can stand this by. house is going to blow I up. Stand by, fucking stand by, dude. So, uh, so she knows that. So, um, but it's more just pause at the end of the day and reflect that my short responses can really ruin a whole evening that's yep. been going fucking great yeah. with my without me. And now I came home and I said something, I reacted, and I f- messed up the day in 10 seconds, 20 seconds. Because of a response. Because of a response. response. Yeah. Based off of your, your work. And mode. I've done that too many times, honestly. Yeah. Well, but at the, yeah. We talked about this morning, and even my wife's like, uh, we have a routine when you're not here, and you just happen to pop in it's a lot easier sometimes yeah, they yeah. say without you yeah, exactly and you yeah. pop in and you start popping off with some shit and she's like leave you know so yeah who, I get who that. are you yeah, yeah. <laughs> i remember there's a few times like, i'm not one of your hot shots I'm like, oh, oh, God. so yeah i get that even to this day you know I'll, I'll work three or four days and i'll come in and she's like i have a routine i don't i don't need you to mess that up yes ma'am so speaking of transitions dude so as a cop like you're when you're out on patrol, dude, your 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 situational awareness is pretty high, right. right? It has to be. There's no other option, right? So when you're out with your family in public, like how do you how do you kind of simmer that down, or is it simmered down? It all depends where I'm going. Yeah, honestly, I, I as a young cop, I felt like that was all the tempo was always high and this and that. I always carried a gun. Sometimes I don't. A lot of times now, I just want to let really lay, okay lay low, man. Let yeah. loose, just be like everybody else. Honestly, well, are, so. are you confident because you're a cop and you've been done it for so long, and your SA situation awareness is so high that you can recognize something funky and just walk away from it? Absolutely, yeah. But at the end of the day, you never know when something's gonna pop up, and mm-hmm. it's like I should have had my gun. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's plenty of times where I don't carry. Don't get me. It is what it is. You can have a different mind, different opinion on that, but. It's my choice. Uh, maybe sometimes what I'm wearing, having a gun on you, sometimes not very comfortable. Even if you had a gun, honestly, as a cop, sometimes just being the best witness is actually mm-hmm. the best and not intervening unless their life, somebody's life is in the line. Yeah. But, dude, if something's happening, uh, I'm just going to be a witness, bro. I'm not going to get involved, man, if, you know, um, unless I need to. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts there because, like, you got to judge, like, oh, is, this, is my family in danger? Am I in danger? Yeah. Right. Am I going to intervene here and make them in, in danger when right. they weren't in the first place? Yeah, there's there's a lot. I get it. My Just, wife wants a CCW. She wants to get a gun herself, and 
I'm like, you can't, no way I'm going to give you a gun, dude. Like, cause she's like, cause she'll just probably take it out on anything, on everybody. She'll point a gun at you. Like, like you can't just do that. Cause you have you a cut gun. You cut me off? Yeah, exactly. Where's my Amazon package? <laughs> so I'm like, there's a lot of responsibility. So anyway, it's, it's a mindset, dude. It's definitely dude. a mindset. And Neil and I talk about this. I mean, dude, like the wife, week, the wife chronicles, once, dude. Once a week, dude, we talk about this, like, man, and would our wives be good like CCW holders? No. Nope. No. <laughs> no. I don't think so. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Ange. Like, I, I'm, it's not a matter of emotional, you know, con- like being able to control your emotions for her. It's like, it's a mindset to the point of where you have to be, I don't want to say paranoid, but you, when you're carrying a firearm, you have to know where that firearm is. You have to know, is the safety on? Is it off? Does it have a safety? Like, you have to be so intimate with those details. And it's always something in my head where I'm like, okay, I know where my gun is. I get home. I know exactly where I'm going to put it. I know exactly like all that stuff, dude. Like, I just don't. Where are my cell phone? Exactly, dude. <laughs> and then my wife's going to gonna chime back like, oh, you lose your sunglasses and keys all the time. I'm like, yeah, but I don't, I always know where my gun's at. Like, always. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Oh, man. Well, obviously, as we close this thing up, dude, your life, and this is just, from me listening to you talk during this time, everyone makes mistakes. You've learned from those things. You've moved on and you've, you, you haven't forgotten what's important in your life. You've always had a goal and you've always been driven to complete that goal. So what kind of advice would you have for someone teenager wise that's looking, that's either lost or looking to get into law enforcement or, or whatever, what kind of advice would you have for a, a younger person? Find a role model. Honestly, I feel like, you know, you need to have role models in life. Somebody, even me, I'm 41 and I still have role models in life or people I work with that I look up to. And it's like, dude, I, I what else, you know, what do I need to do to reach your level? And, and, and even outside in, in being a dad, you got to have role models and got to have people in your lives and putting yourself around good people. Uh, you know, as a kid, my parents always said, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. And I, when you surround yourself around good people, I feel that you will be a good person. So I tend to surround myself around good people, um, whether it be at work and or in my private life. Um, I have community uh, in both um, at work, whether it be my P- PD friends for coffee or whether it be my OFD buddies, honestly, because you guys are a brotherhood that I feel that I try to tell these <laughs> kids because there are kids at my pd they're officers that it's like this is a whole different brotherhood that you need to tap into uh, but even the guy was going to my um, outside of work i'm in communities at church um and just being involved with m- older men and that i can just grab stuff from and it's like how to be a better dad how to be a better man you know holding to that higher standard that i feel we all need to strive for um, yeah, so it's just surrounding yourself around good dudes, having a role model. How did they get there? And what did they do? And sharing that. So it's like, again, I've, I've made mistakes in life, but I've learned from them and how you react is what, how they're going to look at you. It is what it is. You try not to try to like, not listen to that and just kind of do me, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's tough. Don't get me wrong at 41 starting all over again as an officer because I'm working with 
the guys I'm competing against are much younger, but I have an upper hand, I feel. Uh, but yeah. Okay. I don't know if that makes any sense it, or not. It does, you know? Dude. Fuck yeah. those young guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Neil's turning 50 next month, so. Dude. Uh, I still got two more years. Oh, oh no. Shit, wait, right. wait. What are we? Uh, I've got like a year and two months. That's right. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Then I'm out. <laughs> no, you're not. Are you off? Are you really? No, no dude. I gotta, no, I'll dude. be here till 60, bro. So don't wake me up oh, in the middle man. of the night, all right? What's your bullshit? <laughs> I got uh, halfway dude, to go. 15 more Neil's, years. Neil's career plan. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Uh, he's gonna. He wants to wait till he's 59 to go to medic school. 50. 50. Okay. And a- after the Zol training, I'm not going to medic school. <laughs> Zol, we had this. We got new, you know, heart monitors, cardiac monitors. I heard about that. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Is this a microwave? Where's my popcorn? Where's oh the popcorn God. setting? <laughs> oh, well, Hobby, this has been a blast. Dude, dude cool. so Thank fun. You, so fun. You guys know a little we bit more you, about me. We told you this This time flies. It's already been an hour, 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good, man. Uh, I so, appreciate that. You got a good life story. You're a good family man. You're a good cop. Good friend. Good friend, dude. Thanks Fuck for coming yeah. out and doing this. Thanks for making that that trip out here. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah. The far east. <laughs> yeah. Far east. What time zone? <laughs> Are we in Siberia? Yeah, I mean, probably need to put gas twice to go home. <laughs> you like, babe? I got to work tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I got to work an overtime shift. That gas is brutal. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, all, good. all right, man. Thanks. on Instagram. We hope you liked it. Bye.